Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a Monday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I am Dan Lobby. I'm joined by Mary Kay Cabot and Ellis Williams today. How are you? Doing well, doing well. I'm out here in Minnesota. Just, you know, we got some sun today, which was surprising, I'm like 50-ish. So um, it's been a good day out here in Minnesota. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well. Just uh, it was a little chillier here today than I was hoping, at least, uh, you know, when you're quarantine it's nice to be able to get outside a little bit go for a walk get some fresh air the easter bunny actually drove down my street yesterday uh so that was a big treat for us here uh on morwood parkway and rocky river so uh just trying to get through this all right as we all are and of course uh the good thing is uh if you're out there listening we're gonna have a podcast for you every single weekday so if you're stuck at home working or whatever it is you're doing on, on weekdays getting through this quarantine, we're going to give you, you know, 20, 30 minutes of, of Browns talk every single day during the week. So obviously, uh, if, if you haven't heard yet, we told you about it in a few of these, but definitely uh, check this out every single day and make sure you are subscribed everywhere you need to be subscribed so you can get this right on your phone uh, or whatever you use to listen. So let's get right to it because uh, somehow we continue to get news, not just NFL news, but Browns news. Even with no off-season program, anything like that, we just continue to get news. And the news of the weekend was Jadavian Clowney. So we're going to start here. Mary Kay, what can you tell us uh, about the Browns and Clowney that you've been able to figure out? Well, I knew that they were monitoring the situation with Clowney, which is the reason why I never really wrote anything about it, because all they were doing was monitoring it. And I never really was able to definitively say, hey, they've reached out, they've talked to his agent, they're interested. They really weren't interested that much at $20 million a year, which is what Jadavian Clowney wanted. Now, as the week moved along, by Wednesday, ESPN had reported uh, that he had lowered those salary demands a little bit by a couple million dollars and was down to maybe only wanting 17 or $18 million a year. So um, I think that uh, it's something that they have explored. But the thing to note in all of this, they will explore any good player that becomes available. So we should never be surprised if they kick the tires on a Trent Williams, a a Jadavian Clowney, or anything like that. I do not know if anything is still live, if it's on the front burner. But I will say this, that if they do end up signing a Jadavian Clowney, I really think it would have to mean the end of Olivier Olivier Verdon. Because you cannot pay one guy $17 million a year and the other guy $15.5 million 
which is what Olivier is due to make this year. Right. So, Ellis, this, this kind of begs the question, I, I guess let's just jump here. Would you rather have Jadavian Clowney for, let's say, three years at 17, 18 million a year or Olivier Vernon for one year at 15 million? Yeah, that's tough, and it's tough for similar reasons when you compare these two players. Um, athletically, they jump off the page. Uh, they have been since they were getting evaluated. Obviously, Olivier Vernon was much lower of a pick than Javon Clowney being the first overall pick in, I think, 2014. Um, but both had grown into very respected edge rushers, but never top-tier guys. And then you sprinkle in the injury history both of them have. Of course, Olivier Vernon, not necessarily his fault, um, but it just was kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time last year, uh, getting that knee sprain, and he tried to battle back towards the end of the year, and it didn't work out. Um, and then Clowney's been nicked up here and there, a core injury last year. And these guys are uh, great run stoppers, and then they can get off the quarter, get after the quarterback to a degree. Um, but health is an issue, and then be, which becomes hard to decide where they land in this edge rushing market. Um, much like quarterback or cornerback. Uh, edge rusher is probably the third spot where you see these massive contracts come in. Uh, but there's a big gap between the guys who get that type of money and the ones who are a little above serviceable. And that's where I think we look at Clowney and Olivier Vernon. So to answer your question in a huge roundabout way here, <laughs> with Vernon, you're getting that compensatory pick that Mary Kay has brought up uh, a few times now where if he signs plays one here one year in with Cleveland and then is signed elsewhere the Browns can you know maybe land a, a third round an extra third round pick um, and they're out of the deal and have an extra you know 50 million worth of cap space Clowney with the contract you, you become worrisome uh, with that injury history so for me I think the Browns maintain that consistency of flexible one to two year deals and are out on the clowny business because it sounds like with injury history just for me it, i'd be a little suspect and with vernon you get the compensatory pick and you're out of the deal next year anyway okay so so let's do it this way Let, let's each make the case for and against um so so Alice, you you kind of just made a case against but let's let's sure. each answer these questions we'll start with why are the browns and clowny a match and i guess for me uh, it, it just has to do with finding someone finally to pair with Miles Garrett. It, it's been a search for this team, and you bring in Jadavian Clowney. You know he's got that first-round pick pedigree. Obviously, doesn't have that. He's not the pass rusher that Miles Garrett is, but I think he complements him well because of his ability in, in the run game. He, he's one of the top edge rushers against the run, uh, and he really seems to complement Miles Garrett really well. And he's still young. You know, it's not like he's 33, 34 years old. He's still in his 20s still conceivably in his prime so that would be my argument for uh mary Kay, is your argument for similar do you have anything to add to that well you know my argument for would probably be if you look at the pro football focus premium uh stats on jadavian Clowney, he ranked number 10 amongst edge rushers last year uh behind the best in the business and actually three notches ahead of Miles Garrett. Uh, so he can wreak a lot of havoc. And I think that uh, he really would pair very nicely with Miles Garrett 
you'd have some bookend first round picks there uh, that can really harass, disrupt the quarterback. And as you said, uh, Jadavian Clowney can bring something different in the run game. Also, there are moments where he flashes and he does sort of, uh, you know, take over the game a little bit and make a, a monstrous play, the kind of play that you would expect a number one pick to make. And I know I'll save my case against uh, until we until we get to that point. But these are some of the reasons why uh, I think it's worth pursuing. Good pass rushers are very, very hard to come by. They are going to cost you a boatload of money, as he will, but they have some money, and they are allocating resources to guys that can get to the quarterback. And, and Ellis, now, now since you already kind of made the case against a little yeah. bit, your, your case for? Look, making the decision to go get Jadavion Clowney does exactly what you two are alluding to. You pair him with Miles Garrett, and then it becomes a long-term investment for the most part. And NFL long-term, we're talking two, three years here, but you have two staple ends to get after the quarterback, stop the run, who are going to become the pillars of your defense. And the Browns have shown that they want to build and invest along the offensive line and the defensive line. That's where this regime thinks games are won, and quite frankly, I agree. So the case four would be really what you two said. You're building two bookmark defensive ends who are going to cause chaos and it, what it's what Joe Woods comes from in the with the 49ers being able to get after the quarterback and when you're only giving those quarterbacks you know two and a half seconds to throw disrupting your back end doesn't need to be as nice and that's what they've been working with with safety and look Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams are high capital but there's still some things to prove there so if you're going to go all in on the defensive line then the biggest fish much like tackle or tight end is clowny so go get them and it's an investment and as I alluded to, though, with why not to get him, injuries would be the only concern. But on paper, in Madden, things like that, <laughs> those two are scary names to have on both sides. Okay, so we're going to ping pong it back. Mary Kay, what's your case against? Well, the case against would be, uh, number one, uh, the, the money. Now, if you let Olivier Vernon go uh, for his $15.5 million, then the money is really not an issue. So that will kind of cancel itself out. Uh, the injuries have been an issue. Uh, last year, he is coming off of a core muscle surgery. He had that in February. It's the same surgery that Odell Beckham Jr. had. And really, if you recover well from your core muscle surgery, it should only take about eight weeks. So by the time these guys all get back together, he should be okay with that. Uh, the other thing about Jadavian Clowney and the knock against him throughout his career has been the fact that he just seems to take plays off. He doesn't have the consistency of going hard every single play. You know, you think of the J.J. Watts and the T.J. Watts and, you know, and, and guys like that where they are just relentless and the Bosa's, you know. I mean, guys like that, they just show up play after play after play. There are times when Jadavian Clowney disappears from games not just from series, but basically from games. And when you look over his, his track record in terms of sacks, he was the number one overall pick. The most sacks that he has ever had in a season is nine and a half. In back-to-back -back years in Houston, he had nine and a half sacks and nine sacks. And, uh, you know, that to me just isn't anywhere near enough for a player that is an athletic freak the way that he is, with the size, the speed, the explosiveness, there just seems to be a lack of production. Yeah, and, and I think my my case against would, would sort of be along those lines. Uh, but then also, 
you know, I always like to look at guys when, when you talk about, you know, star type players or, or what you expect from a player. You know, if Jadavian Clowney is really this type of player, why was Houston not willing to pay him? Okay, maybe Bill O'Brien just isn't very good at being a GM, right? There's, there's a lot of evidence out there that maybe he shouldn't be a GM as well as a head coach. But now Seattle, whose calling card has always sort of been defense and uh, getting after the quarterback, secondary, you know, sort, sort of some of those Joe Woods philosophies, honestly. Um, they don't want to pay him big money either. So those are the sorts of things that I think give you pause when other teams don't want to pay you big money. If you're the only team that's willing to pay a guy that much money, maybe you should take a step back. And I'm not saying the Browns want to pay him that type of money, but if you end up being that team, maybe it's worth taking a step back and asking yourself, why are we the only ones that, that want to pay this guy? What are we seeing that nobody else is seeing? And think about it. He only had three sacks last year. He started 11 games. Now I know he had uh, issues with the core muscle uh, injury, but that didn't happen until late in the season. And he did miss two games with it. And then he played through it later, but still, it just seems to me that that three sacks isn't enough. You look at Adrian Claiborne, the other pass rusher that the Browns signed, uh, he actually had four sacks and he started one game. Now he played in 15, uh, but for the money, I mean, they signed him to a two-year contract with worth $5.75 million in an incentive package that would give him another $1 million. And the production, the production, the sack production at least, is better than a Jadavian Clowney. And I think that's somewhat of a concern if you're going to spend $17 million a year. Yeah, Dan, and I want to build off your point very quickly. Uh, loved what you said about Bill O'Brien and the GM and talent evaluation. So, sure, you can get a pass there. But to double down on your Seattle point, we're talking about Pete Carroll here. This guy has been around more football than really anyone in the league, and specifically on defense. He knows who he has uh, when he has them. And, look, if they're fighting over a couple million dollars, that's one thing. But if he simply just doesn't think he is that 20 or even $18 million edge rusher, I think that says really what we're trying to say here. Okay, so – oh, go ahead, Mary Kay. No, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, that the way that the report came out, it was from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. When he, he tweeted out yesterday that the Browns were uh, – may have come closer than anybody else, and they were interested in, in Jadavian Clowney. But it almost – then he went on to sort of say uh, they had some talks, nothing came of them recently – uh, and from what it seems like, and I don't know, I've, I've tried really hard to try to, to get some vibe on, on how hot the Browns are on Jadavian Clowney's trail, but it almost seemed like Seattle is still very interested. The Titans have said they're interested, and I believe the Jets are also interested. So I don't know if this is the type of situation where, where the Browns are clamoring after him and just doing everything they can to try to sign him. Right now, I just don't really get that vibe but these things can also change on a dime. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to go on the spot here. I'm going to put you guys on the spot, but I will go first uh, as far as the question that, that's going to accompany this podcast when people see it publicly. Uh, should the Browns sign Jadavian Clowney? And I'm actually going to say that, you know, right now it seems like his cost is dropping. I don't think you're going to have to pay him $20 million a year, at least that's not what it seems like. Uh, and if the Browns kind of see that continuing to drop, I'd certainly be in favor of them giving him some sort of front-loaded deal. Maybe after two years, you have some outs as far as the money's concerned. 
you've got some guys like a Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. Some of that money might be coming off your books down there. Of course, Olivier Vernon would be coming off your books as well. I, I think if you could get Clowney on maybe a, a Sheldon Richardson type deal, not for the money, but just as far as like, it's really a, it's a three-year deal that's really like a two-year deal. I think if it ends up being something like that, uh, I'd probably be willing to go get him and pair him with Miles Garrett for a couple years. Uh, Ellis, what do you, what would you do? Dan, I love that you brought up Sheldon Richardson because these situations uh, remind me of Sheldon Richardson before he came to Cleveland. Uh, I believe he was with the Jets then hopped around from Seattle, Minnesota. Couldn't really find that long-term deal that Clowney seems to be looking for now. And, you know, now he seems to be not only a key part of that defense, how he stepped up last year in Olivier Vernon and Miles Garrett's absence, but he just, he's such a locker room guy as we've been able to get to know him over that last season. And he seems very well respected in that manner. So where I'm going with this is signing Clowney, I think would mean the end of, or the departure of Sheldon Richardson down the road at some point. I just don't see how the money could keep lining up. Look, you can get very creative the way you find these cap rooms and the way Andrew Barry could go about this. He couldn't make that work. But when you start looking at these big contracts along the defensive line, that might be Richardson out and Clowney being the long-term guy. So for me, for what Richardson brings, I see him being in Cleveland. I think it'd be worthwhile for him to be in Cleveland more long-term compared to Clowney, considering what we just talked about where, you know, he's not a top-end edge rusher and he's a good run stopper, not a great one. A, middle, a, a little above middle-tier guy for me isn't worth what I think he's asking for right now. Mary Kay? You know, I'm going to say go for it. And here's why. He's 27 years old. He still has plenty of upside. Uh, he can go strong for another, whatever, five years or so. He's younger than Olivier Vernon, who is 29 years old. Olivier Vernon also has an injury history. Uh, he, he missed the last six games of last season or, yeah, six games in the second half of last season with a sprained knee. And he missed a bunch of games the previous year with an ankle injury. Uh, and uh, I just think that Jadavian Clowney, once again, number 10 overall edge rusher in the NFL last year, I think paired with Miles Garrett, that you probably would see more production out of him. I think he would have more sacks than the three that he had this year, especially if he's feeling better. I mean, sometimes you take care of those core muscle injuries and you're back to your old self. Uh, you know, I think that uh, this is a, this is a good defensive room. I think that Joe Woods is, has a way of getting the best out of players. They seem to love to play for him. So maybe he would be able to get more out of Jadavian Clowney than other people have, but age price-wise, again, if you don't have Olivier Vernon, you have the money to spend, and that's the going rate for a good pass rusher these days. I say go for it. Okay, there you have it. Before we move on to our next topic, I want to tell uh, everyone about Football Insider, and we're going to start with a couple of things coming up. We're putting together a mock draft for our Football Insider subscribers. They're going to make each pick uh, of the draft through the Browns' first two picks, uh, and I'm going to tell you how to get involved in that here in a second. And then I just coined this, guys. It's not terribly original, but look, it's alliteration. Texter Tuesday. We're doing five yeah. of these. We're doing five of these podcasts a week. So we're going to dedicate at least one, maybe more, solely to your questions. For the heck of it, I'm going to call it Texter Tuesday. Don't hold me to that. Kind of like Taco Tuesday. But anyway, here's how you can get involved with Football Insider. Uh, just to tell you what it is, Mary Kay, Scott, Patsco, Ellis, and I are, are going to text you guys a few times a day. 
with the inside scoop and analysis on the Browns, what we're hearing, and give you the inside word before things even happen. You will get breaking news and analysis right away via subtext before it even shows up on our website uh, a lot of the times. You also get a Football Insider newsletter every morning texted straight to your phone. It's a take, a video, a stat breakdown. Recently, just today, Mary Kay told you about Jadavian Clowney and some things you should know about him. Last Sunday, I made the case for signing him. Uh, so I don't know, maybe there's some Browns front office exec who's, who's subscribed to Football Insider. Uh, Scott shared with you what Joe Thomas told him about Kevin Stefanski's offense, and Ellis uh, looked at how the Browns might be able to acquire starting middle linebacker uh, in the draft as well uh, earlier this week. You get to text with us directly. You can reply to these things. Uh, they, go straight to, uh, they go straight to us, and we're able to reply to you. It cuts through the clutter of Facebook, Twitter, all that other stuff. And like I said, it's uh, Texture Tuesday, the only way you're going to be able to get involved with that. So you can try a 14-day free trial. You can cancel any time with one text, but you won't want to cancel. Uh, we've been growing this thing uh, every single day, especially you know in the coaching search. It grew a lot during this draft process. It grew a lot. It's only $3.99 a month. That's 14 cents a day. Uh, we have special events. Uh, sometimes we have draft events. Obviously, this year's a little different, but we do all sorts of special events for people. So uh, join us as we count down to the NFL draft. Cleveland.com slash Browns. Click on the blue banner at the top of the page, or you can text me at 216-208-3965. Again, that's 216-208-3965. Okay, now we're going to move on to our next topic. And again, like I said, the Browns always seem to make news. It doesn't matter what's going on. Uh, quiet time, not quiet time. Facilities closed, facilities not closed. The Browns make news. This is actually the Raiders making news with the Browns player, but Demarius Randall uh, has signed with the Raiders. It became pretty clear early on, Mary Kay, that Demarius was not going to be back with this football team. And in all honesty, it maybe felt like it was going that way a little bit even before the regime change took place. Um, so is there any surprise that, that Randall is not a Cleveland Brown anymore? No, not at all. No surprise whatsoever. I mean, if you remember last year, uh, he actually was uh, basically benched for a game after he had an incident in practice. We never really exactly found out what the incident was. There were so many rumors and reports flying around. And I wouldn't even repeat any of those things until, until I heard exactly from Demarius what happened that day because some of them were a little bit off the wall uh, but uh, he got in the doghouse last year now sometimes you can get in a doghouse with one regime and then come out of that doghouse in the way that David Njoku has David Njoku got into Freddie's doghouse and he was never coming out but lo and behold Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski walk in the door and suddenly David Njoku has new life breathed into him so I will say that uh, that just wasn't going to happen for Demarius Randall. Uh, he knew he wasn't going to be back. And, you know, once basically once you hit, you know, free agency or, you know, once you get to the, the off season, for the most part, I don't know what the analytics are on this, but for the most part, you're gone. If you're not re-signed, you're going to be gone. And I think that held true with almost every single or every single guy on the Browns this year, the Joe Schoberts. You know, Rashard Higgins is still out there, but, you know, Demarius, everybody, they're, they're all gone. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just a matter of time until he found another team. I never thought he was coming back here. Yeah, and, and Ellis, you obviously weren't here in, in 2018. So, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. D Demarius kind of represents 
sort of the arc of the John Dorsey, you know, Freddie yeah. Kitchens, that, that whole group. You know, they, they trade for him on the first day of the league year, uh, back on the same day they acquired Jarvis Landry and, and Terod Taylor. Uh, he really settled in and was, you know, even though he had some harsh words for Greg Williams uh, this season, he was great in Greg Williams' scheme, sort of that, that deep safety. Uh, he was sort of one of the faces of this team as they finished five and three. Of course, everyone remembers the, the interception, handing it to Hugh Jackson. Uh, he became a fan favorite. It looked like he was barreling towards some kind of long-term extension. And then last year, it all falls apart. Uh, and, and Ellis, you kind of came in at, at the tail end of it, but Randall was sort of symbolic, I think, of, of the rise and fall of that last regime. Yeah, Dan, I think that's really well put. Um, like you said, in 2018, before I was in Cleveland, uh, that moment when Randall intercepts a, a, a Bengals pass, I can't tell you who the quarterback for the Bengals <laughs> was at that time. I would assume Andy Dalton, but you never know Cincinnati uh, recently. But uh, and then he tosses the ball to Hugh Jackson. And I just remember being on Twitter. I don't know where I was, maybe with some friends or at a, a bar or something. And everyone went crazy when that happened. They're like, no way, this guy, Demetrius Randall, really just did like that. So um, before I even was in Cleveland, I was aware how much the Browns were making news with every little thing there. But um, back to what you said regarding this past season, 2019, what was so really like you, what you said, it was an up and down experience with Demarius Randall, not necessarily his, his play um, or his demeanor towards us. He was always great to the media. I'd noticed that right away. Um, always so willing to talk to any of us and just really seemed to be a cool, calm and collective guy. Uh, but really you just didn't know if Demaris was going to be healthy and when he was healthy, if he was going to be in the lineup and then Mary Kay, as you already talked about, all of a sudden he's just not making the trip to Pittsburgh. And then all of a sudden he's back in the lineup. And again, like the Freddie Kitchens experience, it was up and down and all around. Um, and the best days of it were clearly in 2018. And just for his fit in uh, Las Vegas real quickly, John Gruden is accumulating talent like he does, and that'll be fun for them to have a back and forth. Not that Hard Knocks is going to Las, uh, Las Vegas anytime soon, I'm sure, but it'd be fun if we could see it, and I think that fit makes sense for Randall and Gruden going forward. And Dan, um, I think you may have tweeted something out <laughs> about, um, you know, to the to the Raiders, writers that, you know, they're, they're in for a little bit of a treat. And we have to say, I mean, Demarius Randall was very fun to talk to. He was, a, you know, a bit of a character. He was funny. He was engaging. And I think in some ways, uh, you know, some people view him, front office people, coaching, coaching staff, they, they view him as a bit of like sort of a knucklehead or a goofball. Uh, but, you know, that's just who he is. And, uh, and he was great with us. He, you know, we, we always enjoyed talking to him. He was definitely a go-to guy. I thought he was a very good player. Uh, but, you know, I, I think he did. He fell out of favor with the coaching staff for a couple of different things. And, um, and he doesn't really care what people think about him. You no. know, I mean, he's not a people pleaser. So he's going to do and say what he wants to do in practice or, you know, or whenever, whatever. So, um, you know, I think he wore out his welcome a little bit. Um, and I find that to be kind of unfortunate because I liked him as a person and a player. Yeah, I, look, Demarius was great for us. Um, I, I'll never forget the, the introductory press conference the Browns had uh, when they introduced Landry and Terod Taylor and Demarius Randall. And I don't think Demarius said a word. I, I mean, whatever he talked about, he just said he was here to play free safety or whatever because we weren't sure, remember, he was a cornerback in Green Bay. Right. Um, yep. and a free safety in college 
didn't say a whole lot. And so, you know, you kind of don't know what to expect from the guy. And then it just, it blew up from there. He had the, the tweet about the finals where he was going to buy everybody jerseys. Yeah. And then we come to find out as the locker room opens up and after games and things like that, he was just always, he was always a guy you had to go talk to. He would talk to waves of, he talked to like one person individually and then a wave of reporters and then another wave of reporters would come in and he'd talk to them and he'd always, sometimes he'd say something that he knew was going to be a headline or a quote and he'd kind of look at you. Like you just, <laughs> you knew, uh, he knew exactly what he was saying and why he was saying it. And uh, I believe he even said at one point that he likes to give us quotes. <laughs> so uh, he's, uh, he, the, the writers in Las Vegas are going to love this guy. Um, once, once you get to open locker room and, and you get to chat with him a little bit and realize he's a go-to after games for so many reasons, uh, they're, they're going to love it there. Yeah, he was memorable. We lost some quotes, didn't we, this offseason? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, lost, uh, we lost Marius. We lost Christian Kirksey. He mm -hmm. was always a go-to guy. Joe Schobert was, was a great quote and a, a spokesperson for this football team, somebody that you could always go to and count on to kind of tell it like it is. So, yeah, we, uh, we, we're going to have to hope that, that these new guys can come in here and carry that banner. Yeah, I, I think there's some guys, but I don't, I don't want to give them away here, uh, here for everybody to hear. All right, yeah. that'll do it for our Monday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Don't forget to check out Football Insider, cleveland.com slash browns. Click on the blue banner at the top of the page. And of course, like I said, we're doing this every single weekday. So we're going to be back on Tuesday. And to make your life easier, hit subscribe. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button. Look for the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. You'll be able to find us. Uh, and we're going to hit you up with one of these every single day. So for Ellis and Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening.